It's Star Weeps with Harrison and Molly. So I I had a bike get stolen the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I left it chained up in the basement of my apartment building, and uh, I came down one day and found that my bike had been stolen, which was, you know, that was an unfortunate discovery, if yeah. I had to say so myself. Someone went through quite some lengths to pull yeah. it off. But um, but you know what? I, I, I talked to uh, my parents because I am a 25-year-old man, not a 26-year-old man, so I'm still on my parents' insurance. Got some renter's insurance going. And uh, and I found out that I can actually get the bike replaced on my insurance, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. There you go. So the bike that was stolen was from like 13 years ago. Oh. So the pl- the price the price has inflated a lot since I first bought it. It was like a thousand dollars when I bought it. So any bike comparable to that now is like thirty five hundred dollars at the cheapest. Goodness. Honestly, like true story. Whoa. So now I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna get a bike that was shittier but still replace it for the value that my bike was. So I'm just going to get like an extra $2,000 for this bike, mm. which means I have money to spend on a Luke Skywalker replica lightsaber <laughs> from ultrasabers.com. <laughs> Not a sponsored uh, section of our podcast, by the way. No ad here at all. I just really love Ultra Sabers, if I'm being honest. <laughs> so that was I mean, an irresponsible at- purchase that I made recently. Hell yeah. I mean, I'm looking at their website right now. <laughs> there, there's so much to go on here. Thank you. Thank you, Renters Insurance, for providing me with a Luke Skywalker replica lightsaber. <laughs> uh, I, pl- I placed the order last night. I will update you all frequently on when I get my lightsaber. So it is right now uh, still processing, and hopefully I'll be getting a shipping notification soon so stay tuned very exciting uh but anyway welcome to star weaves everybody this is our podcast we're here hello hello my name is harrison and my name is molly and i am a huge fan of star wars and i'm a big fan of anime and we are here to educate one another on the wonders and the beautiful side of both of our fandoms and uh and yeah so this is this is a special episode because it's the end of Star Wars Visions. We've done podcasts, done episodes on the last six episodes of Star Wars Visions. And in this episode, we are covering the last three. And it's a bittersweet moment. You know, mm-hmm. it's a good crossing over of our of our respective fandoms. And this is the end, unfortunately. We've made it, but it was a great ride. And it was a great ride. There's probably going to be a season two, though, right? There, there's so much that could be expanded on, and considering how critically well received it is, it was pretty well received. Um, I think it would be unwise to not try to expand this, or at least tell more stories, because like it was, it's such a fun little romp. It was. I want to see more of it. There's so many good characters in this, especially yeah. in the, these last couple episodes. I would love to see more expanded out from these three specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everything else until this moment, I'm like, I'm fine having it be like, this is the last we see of it. But these last three, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm excited to see more. Please tell me more. Yes. Please tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Ain't nothing but a Star Wars vision. Oh, see, I would have went in a Grease direction, but I'm going to save everyone and Tell me more. It. Tell me more. Can't she pick up a lightsaber? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. That's the only context in when did she put up a fight makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. 
Kaneki needs to get his priorities straight. He can only say that if he's talking about lightsaber duels. <laughs> um, but we have some Star Wars and some anime news to get through this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some Molly personal anime news that I we just get, want. We are we're getting into some Molly personal anime news. I just everybody. want everyone to know that I finished the Hunter Hunter anime and I'm pretty proud of myself. How many seasons is Hunter Hunter? Technically, it's seven, six or seven. Technically, it's seven, I think. As someone who just watched it, it's really funny that I don't know. But that's because the app that I'm keeping track of it on just like does it by number of episodes. Of which. So it's kind of like Hulu when you're like you're watching season two of My Hero Academia. It's like this is episode thirty five, and you're like, whoa, what? There's not that many episodes. Well, in one that's season. the thing. When I was watching it on Netflix, it was breaking it out by season. But the app that I'm using <laughs> was just like it's episode ninety eight, and I was like, okay, that's fine. But I finished it in total. It's hundred and forty eight episodes. The biggest, that's a lot. the biggest feat of this though is that I finished the Chimera and Arc, which is the second to last season, which makes is made up of sixty one episodes, and it's a slog. It's, <laughs> first of all, it's like so widely different from the rest of the season. It's like a very abrupt change. It's clear from the name of the arc, but it's about like man-eating ants called chimera oh, ants. It's, that's clear from the arc that it's man-eating it's ants. Chimera ant. That's the thing. It's it's clear that it's about ants because oh, it's called ant. Okay. Chimera ant arc. I mean, I didn't think that the Woody Allen film about ants was about. This is an anime. Ants. If they say ants, <laughs> they mean ants. None of them look like ants though, except for the queen, and she's really hard to look at. But it's just a whole. Th- it's. This isn't a spoiler. It's just this is what happens. There are big ants that like walk around and can talk and are really strong, and that's part of it. There's a lot of like body horror type stuff that goes on that's really uncomfortable to sit <laughs> through, but um, it's just it's just such a slow watch. At a certain point in the arc, it's all happening during this one big final fight that's happening. Like five episodes had passed. And then at the beginning of the sixth episode, the narrator was like, only five minutes since the beginning of the attack had passed. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's only been five minutes and I just watched two and a half hours. <laughs> That's just... That's so, like D&D rules of combat, honestly. Basically, cause I was like, I was like, uh, there was just so much like slow-mo and the narrator going through what each of the characters is thinking. And I'm like, this is like legitimately, there was one point where they were like, only 10 seconds have passed? And I was like, me too, what? That's just like, that's just a part of having to get through this arc, but I made it through. It's just so stressful. It's, I persevered. I made it to the end of the arc. I made it to the end of the anime. That's not the end of the story, technically, because the manga is still ongoing, but the manga is never going to get finished, and that's just what people accept. But is I made it like it- a... a, a- uh, a, a game of ice and fire or whatever the game of thrones situation is where it's like it's net the books are never going to get done but the tv show will eventually well they're surpass they're not going to make any more anime like that's the end of the anime it's a pretty mm. satisfying ending there's well, still good. more arcs going on in the manga like there it it's just that the amount of time between chapters has been getting longer and longer and it's been like years since the last chapter was posted and like the author is pretty sickly i guess he has like health problems and people have just accepted that we're just never gonna know the end of this story darn so the show won't surpass that then 
No, they they're not going to make any more. Like they're, they're just not going to make any more anime. But does it have like a satisfying ending? Yeah, yeah, with yeah. Okay, super, all right, all right. Yeah, well, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. Okay, okay, good, good, good. Yeah, no, it all was, right, it was a right. great place to end. Though there, I, have one, I have one problem with it. I won't say it because it's a little bit of a spoiler, but I, I, have, I have a problem with it. So if you want to know what Molly is talking about, go watch Hunter Hunter, which is all of it. And then... And then come back and listen to this episode. Post a comment and I'll message you. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll tell you what I don't like about the ending. But that was, I'm really proud of that and I just wanted everyone to know. (laughs) We're all proud of Molly for this. Um, all right, well, hey, let's let's get into uh, to some recent news. Mm-hmm. Let's do our Marvel Minute, because Molly and I are both fans of Marvel, everything happening in the MCU right now, uh, and exciting new adventure is happening. A spinoff of WandaVision starring Katherine Hahn is in development at Disney Plus from Marvel Studios. Uh, there are no story details that have been, uh, you know, released at this time, but this is pretty cool. This is a pretty big deal. It was Agatha all along. It was Agatha all along, and now we have to deal with that. I would gladly do that. (laughs) So like I said, there haven't been any story details released as of yet. And honestly, we probably won't get any until a trailer comes out for this series in three years from now. (laughs) But Molly, going off of literally no information, what do you think this series is going to encompass? What do you think we can see from Katherine Hahn as Agatha Harkness in this Disney Plus series? Yeah, I don't know. When you mentioned it, I was like, maybe it's like a... Because obviously she's dealing with the aftermath of Wanda stealing her powers. That's what happened, right? I, I She like brainwashed her at the end of Wanda. I haven't watched... Oh, I, I watched right. WandaVision she's like, she's just gonna live once as it was airing. And then I was like, that yeah. was great. And then I, I never, never watched, watched it again. again <laughs> yeah, so I think Wanda made it so that she's like living alone as her pleasant self from the sitcom and she's like trapped in her mind prison basically so that probably means that it'll just be it'll be like a prequel kind of stuff like fall i hope so i don't think it'll be we've already seen like the story of her of the witches trying to steal her power because they were afraid of her blah 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 i would just assume it'd be an in-between kind of period where it's like some time period between whenever the 1600s whenever she was yeah exactly and like her doing her thing being an evil witch yeah because i think that her if we're just getting another perspective of like what wandavision is if we're just to see like her side of wandavision that would end up honestly being kind of boring oh yeah i hate that when you're like i hope that's not i don't think it'll be when you're like oh wow i loved this story and then they're like hey we have some new content and i'm like oh my gosh the only time that works that only the only time that has ever worked is lion king one and a half that's it right that's the but only other time than that, <laughs> you're, you're like hey it's this story that you love but from x character's perspective and i was like i already heard the story Boom. Boom. i already heard the story i don't need to hear it again <laughs> tell me a new story with these characters please thank you yeah again lion king one and a half uh, and then they gave us the lion king two, which is truly a blessing <laughs> Um, but yeah, but that's, uh, that is a pretty big deal. It um, is exciting. I'm excited. I mean, they have me firmly in their clutches. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I really do have like anything Marvel, like just throw it at me. <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, but moving on from Marvel news, not, not a whole lot that happened with Marvel this week. Uh, mm-hmm. pretty slow week for Marvel, but going on to Star Wars news, uh, some new books were announced starring Luke and Lando, as well as Obi-Wan and Anakin and more. Um, So some new books are coming out for Star Wars, which I am excited about. Um, So there is Shadow of the Sith is one, which takes place between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens uh, and Brotherhood, which I'm assuming that is the one that is starring um, Obi-Wan and Anakin. Mm -hmm. So Brotherhood, 
which you were my brother Anakin. I loved you. You know that whole thing. They're mm-hmm. brothers. I'm excited about them. I'm probably gonna read them. I haven't really been keeping up to date with like a lot of Star Wars books. Mm-hmm. I mentioned on our last episode that I am currently reading through uh, the original Thrawn trilogy for the first time. I'm on the second book right now, and just you know with life and everything, I'm getting through it pretty slowly. <laughs> <laughs> but making my way through it. Um, But it's really good. Mm -hmm. And honestly, kind of comes up in the episodes that we're talking about today uh, with Mm -hmm. Star Wars Visions. So stay tuned for that discussion. But uh, but yeah, but these two new books are something I'm going to want to pay attention to. I recently bought the, there's the original Thrawn trilogy, which was written by Timothy Zahn, which is no longer canon. Mm -hmm. But now there is a new Thrawn trilogy that was also written by Timothy Zahn, but in the new canon of Star Wars, which I'm also going to read after I finish the not canon one. So I got to go and and release order so I can compare and contrast. And then I also bought the Ahsoka book. So those are the ones that I'm reading now. So it's going to go not canon Thrawn, canon Thrawn, and then Ahsoka. I am ready to read them and give you all recaps as I'm reading through them. Hell yeah. Really cool stuff. Exciting. Yeah. Um, so that was some big Star Wars news. Let's get into some anime news. Ooh. There's a lot of it. So uh, this is a little bit old, but recently uh, the Pokemon movie Secrets of the Jungle has just debuted on Netflix a couple days ago as of recording this podcast. October 8th is when it's out. So if you're listening to this literally any point, it's now on Netflix. Yeah. So <laughs> go watch it. I know there's been some news about this movie specifically for a couple of different reasons. I know there's some controversy around it, just like culturally, but also like this is the first Pokemon movie that's debuted on a streaming service, right? It has to be. To my knowledge. To my knowledge as well. I mean, maybe I haven't been paying that close of attention to it, but the fact that this is coming out on Netflix is a pretty big deal. Most of their, they keep a lot of their movies under wraps. Well, no, I mean, it it makes sense to me because they have the like original Pokemon anime series on Netflix too, and a couple of the other stuff like they don't have but you're right they don't have like i think you have to jump through so many hoops to be able to watch like the first pokemon movie legally well the one that that i just watched pokemon forever i had to stream it illegally weirdest the weirdest like vod ever because it like went japanese at two several oh my god with no subtitles (laughs) for like 10 seconds it was was (laughs) so funny um no but yeah it's it is kind of weird, but it's also like I guess they have like selective Pokemon property on Netflix, so it's not like the most surprising to me. But the fact that it's like releasing on Netflix makes sense. But I guess we're in an age where like movie theaters aren't as big. Do Pokemon movies release in movie theaters? I mean, they did, right? Like no, the first one did. Do the recent ones? I don't know about that. I don't think so i'm so out of the loop with Pokemon. I'm sure there's some theater in the East Village that did a screening of. The most recent Pokemon movie, I'm sure there is, but but I I couldn't tell you. Who's to say? Who's to really say? Mm -hmm. And that's just hooking up their MacBook to a projector. So (laughs) (laughs) you're like, hey guys, you want to see this really cool version? Then you want to play Smash Bros. afterwards? Please, you, my friend. I'm only making that joke because I'm that guy. (laughs) But yeah, I I think it's gonna be interesting. I mean, I'm excited for it. Mm -hmm. I, I like Zarude. You know, he's a cool designed Pokemon in my opinion. Zerude Sandstorm. Zerude Sandstorm. So I, I created a, a an illegal team on Pokemon Showdown. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to go into Hackmons only. <laughs> and my party is one Pokemon and it's Zerude. And the <laughs> yeah. only, he knows two moves. It's it's Sandstorm and then Explosion. 
And so when I get into a lobby, I say, hey, guys, wait, don't don't kill me. Whatever you do, don't kill me. Just please don't. It's worth it. And they're like, okay. And then they'll use like agility or like reflect or something. <laughs> and my Zarud uses Sandstorm. And then I chat, Zarud Sandstorm, baby. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, why would you do this? And then I just do an explosion and matches over. <laughs> and I'm like, peace. I'm, I'm out. Not, I'm not here to win. I'm here for the chaos. I'm only here for the memes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Anyway, that's our that's our part of our anime news and, and other anime news. It's not really an anime, but more of an animated series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got our first look at the Legend of Vox Machina coming to Amazon Video uh, next year, 2022. For those of you who don't know, Molly and I actually are in a couple D and D campaigns together, mm-hmm. and Critical Role has always been a big influence, I think, in our parties as it isn't. Anyone who starts D&D, really. So this is a pretty big deal that this is getting a series. I am so excited. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. The So campaign one, The Legend of Vox Machina, is like the only one that I've watched in its entirety. I've only seen a little bit of campaign two, but like I just care so much about these characters. I named my plants after them. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, have, I have a monstera named Vexalia and I have a ZZ plant named Vaxeldon. I care so much about these characters. My favorite thing is like whenever we're playing D&D, Molly has dice that she ordered mm-hmm. that are like based on the characters from... I have Vox Machina dice. From Critical Role. Mm-hmm. So when she rolls them and if she gets a bad roll, she's like, fuck you, Grog. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Grog always fucks me over. I don't know. My I don't know name what is Grog, and I love ale. If you have ale, you have a freaking Grog. Mm-hmm. That's all I know about. He's Grog. a grand poobah. That's another thing you need to know about him. Anyway, I yeah, like I've seen the entirety of that campaign. I love those characters so much. I cried and laughed along with them. I'm so excited to see it animated. From this trailer, it looks so good. It does. And it, I was also. Is it going to be like actually voice acted, or is it going to be? animation over like the actual live gameplay no yeah they voice acted it because they're voice actors so they just like they all are yeah yeah it's matt fucking mercer come on yeah and yeah they just like re-recorded one of the things that was released with this trailer is that they did like a table read for the first scene of the animated show and it's already i'm so excited (laughs) (laughs) it's so good um there's like yeah there's just some great moments in that first scene already so i'm so excited i was like fully prepared to wait like another like two years for this because it's been like not radio silence but like not a whole lot and i was just expecting it to be like way slower than it has been and the fact that it's coming out in five months which is like so close i'm just that's a pretty quick release it's borderline shadow drop honestly when did the kickstarter happen for this like four years ago three years ago four years ago it's been a while like in in covid definitely slowed the production so it's not like a yeah and i'm sure people who backed the kickstarter have been getting a lot more detailed updates, updates. yeah um but i am just so excited because i like it wasn't even on my radar that radar that it'd be coming out soon and now it's like coming out tomorrow and i could not be less happy or more happy. Can't be I could less not, happy, Molly. Come on. I could not be more happy. I thought you liked this series. I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> saying I was going for there. My brain can't catch. I'm just freaking excited, man. I love these characters. <laughs> and it's not like it. I, I mean, I know I wasn't expecting it to be like a kitty kind of cartoon. Yeah. But like in the table read, they like swear and make sex jokes <gasps> and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. How dare they? Oh. <laughs> it's an adult cartoon. Let's go. This ain't your mama's D&D. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is the satanic panic D D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, with that, uh, getting into this ain't your mama's whatever. This ain't your mama's Star Wars. Mm. Your mama knows about a new hope. She knows about Empire Strikes Back, but I guarantee you, your mama does not know about Star Wars Visions. <laughs> Star Wars Visions episodes seven through nine uh, yeah. are the last on our review list for Star Wars Visions, the perfect crossover mm-hmm. for our podcast. Boy, were they some good episodes. These were sort some of. pretty good episodes. quality episodes. Two great episodes and one fine episode, one if you episode ask me. One episode that I have a lot to say about. There is a lot to say about that episode, but we'll get into it. So yeah, let's start off with the first episode that we watched uh, this time around, which was The Elder. The Elder. So Molly, would you care to enlighten us a little bit about this anime studio? Is there anything you know about them? Any fun facts? Any fun animes that they are well known for? So if you listen to our first episode on Star Wars Visions, this is one of the episodes that was like a double up by one of the studios. So this was also created by Studio Trigger, who made who was the studio that made the episode The Twins. Really? So it's the same animation. Very studio. different styles, mm-hmm. gotta say. Yeah, all these studios, they got a wide range of bodies of work under their belts and uh Yeah, this- I think this was interesting because we we you you try and give like a little recap of like what each studio is known for, but you're like almost every time you're like, but this isn't like their typical style. This doesn't. This doesn't look how their other stuff looks, or what they're known for looks. I mean, in terms of so trigger, it's really in terms of trigger, um, the twins is like a lot closer to like some of the stuff that I do know from them. But I know there are other like properties that they have and have made that are a lot different from that kind of style that's in like the twins and Kill a Kill, um, which have like similar art styles. But I, I know they made other things that probably look a lot more like The Elder. Um, but that's not to say that. This studio and probably all the studios, are, they, they might have been just branching out for these episodes because they're all so unique in their own right. So it's never going to exactly match anything else that they've done in the past, I'm sure. And then in terms of timeline, <laughs> this one has like the widest amount of time during which it could have happened. Basically, I know, I love it. It's so good. Basically, it could have it's happened. It's exactly when I thought it was yeah. going to like, when I, I, I took notes on this, mm-hmm. like when I was watching it, I was like, it definitely takes place like. Pre Phantom Menace, it has to. Yeah, There's so no way. it's any it anywhere so anywhere between the founding of the capital of Naboo <laughs> and the Phantom Menace. So from 832 to BB, BBY to 32 BBY, that's an 800 yeah, year nice, gap. Like 790 year yeah. potential window in which this took place. Basically, <laughs> I would like to think it takes place around the same time Darth Maul is discovered in the Phantom Menace, like when Qui Gon meets him on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is, it's probably very similar timing. I would like to think. Yeah. There's nothing to indicate exactly when this takes place. That's just like, I think it'd be a really fun parallel. I mean, outside of like stuff that they mentioned in passing, like, which we'll get into, like, oh, I've never seen any Sith ship except for in holograms and like, oh, we haven't seen a Sith. What about that? Whatever. We'll get into it. Yeah. Would you like to recap the episode, Harrison? Absolutely. So we open up with two Jedi in a ship named uh, Jedi Master Tejan Crosser and his Padawan, Dan Gavage, who are patrolling the Outer Rim uh, just to make sure there's no, you know, bad stuff going on while they are patrolling. Basically, Tejan says that Dan is a really eager Padawan and they kind of get into this philosophy of like, I'm happy you're my master. You've been all over the world. You've studied all these cultures. You understand all these people and just have this uh, this perspective on the universe that a lot of other people might not have. 
and he's like, hey, kid, like, <laughs> you know, I'm a good guy, gabagoo. <laughs> wow, that's exactly what he sounds that's like. That's what he sounds How like. It's really that? crazy. That's the it's best really insane that they just got the Italian dude to play this Jedi Master. But no, uh, they're, they're traveling through hyperspace. They're going to a planet... Uh, just to kind of like do, I guess, a welfare check. They didn't. Did they ever really say? No, what yeah, they were they're, going they're there saying for? they're patrolling the outer rim, and Dan is like, they're just patrolling. So they're patrolling, but they're like, it's boring. But he's yeah. like, I've been to all these planets before. Yeah. Tajin says that. Um, but while they're traveling to this outer rim planet, Tajin says, I feel a disturbance in the Force, who, which Dan thinks like, oh, it might be a Sith. Do or do you think it's a Sith? Do you think it's a someone manipulating us? And they're like, I don't know. Once they drop out of hyperspace and get to the, get to their destination, uh, they no longer feel the disturbance. And he's like, that's kind of weird. So they land on the planet's surface, mm-hmm. and Asian says, I'm going to go talk to the locals. They're a little skittish. They're a little shy, but I'll see if they know anything. And while he's talking to him, Dan kind of makes some friends with some local he's children. He just starts winking at him because he's Jordan Fisher, and he's yeah. a cute little boy. <laughs> Uh, and and oh my god this is not gonna ma- but the japanese voice actor like he said his first word and i'm not i'm like that's fucking gojo satoru and i hate <laughs> that i knew it so quickly he's like the one voice actor that like plays all of the characters that tiktok thirsts over <laughs> so checks out honestly he plays gojo wait i have to find this because it matters he plays gojo he plays hawks in My Hero Academia, who you still haven't met because you're behind. How Indeed I am. dare you? How, da- how dare I? He how dare you, he, Molly, accuse me of not being caught up in My Hero Academia? Because I'm fully caught up. I just yeah, read the true, latest not, chapter. Yeah, I, Hawks is in the latest chapter. Did you know here. that? Hawks is in the latest chapter. I don't know who that is. The, the He's one of the best characters. And he shares the same voice actor as Dan. But anyway, a lot of people first after Bakugo. him. What? I like Bakugo. He's stronger than Bakugo. Oh, he could kick Bakugo's ass. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people could kick Bakugo's ass, though. Yeah, that's true. Um, but anyway, uh, so they land there, and, and Tejan, af- after uh, after Dan has a little, you know, fun little bout with the with the younger kids where he's winking at them, and they're like, hee, 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 like they're all link- winking at each other, Tejan comes back up to Dan and says, all right, so these villagers saw an elder man land his ship on this planet and then disappear into the mountains basically mm-hmm. um and so he's hiding somewhere up there and dan says well we don't feel him anymore so is he gone Tation says no the fact that he's that we can't feel him anymore probably means that he is here and he is hiding himself from us he's obscuring himself from us through the force mm-hmm. um so we are most powerful. definitely yeah so we are most definitely headed in the right direction so trying to find out a plan to to lure him out Dan says, I'll take to the mountains. That's where he was seen going. I'll go look for him. And Tajan, you stay back here with the ship. Tajan's all like, oh, you want to go to the mountains because you want to find him and you want to fight him. You want to be a hero. Is that what it is, Dan? Dan's like, no, you're just better with ships and I'm better with terrain on mountains. You know, like I'm a, I'm <laughs> I'm, a young I'm spry young. I'm whippersnapper. <laughs> I, can, I can run on mountains like nobody's business. You're an old man. You're an old man. Get fucked, old man. Yeah. And then Tajan's like, well, at least get <laughs> He's a like, guide. you know what? This kid's got a point. Yeah. Yep. He's like, well, you better get a guide to go up the mountain. He's like, okay, I'm going to take the children. I'm going to take me. these children <laughs> as my guide. Towards this likely dangerous individual. <laughs> so this man who is like actually a serial killer. <laughs> oh, Good man. job, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, Dan. <laughs> Fuck, Dan. Um, so yeah. I also just say I love it when they have really like stupid names like just Ethan. Dan and Ethan. <laughs> 
Ethan and Dan. I love it so much. So dumb. Just name one of them Bob, for Christ's sake. Fucking Bob the Jedi. <laughs> so Dan goes up the mountain, uh, and they he you know takes the kids with him and stumbles upon the corpse of a Vagma, which is a beast that is native to this planet, and it has been slain by a lightsaber. Which, this beast is supposed to be very dangerous. Like, Tajin was like, mm-hmm. watch out for those. Like, just run away. Homie. Yeah, yeah. If you see them, like, don't fuck with them. But yeah. whoever had ran into this one previously had killed it very precisely. One slice to the neck. With a saber. So Dan knew that the Elder was probably nearby, and that he was most likely skilled with a lightsaber. He gets Tajin on, on his comm and says, hey... I've come across this Vagma corpse and it's dead. Tajin's like, watch the fuck out because this guy's going to come get you. And sure enough, he's standing right behind Dan. Uh, he's like a four foot six old ass man. And he's like, ooh, I thought you were going to be stronger. You seem like you would be. Uh, he's talking to Dan. He's like, I think you'd be a stronger opponent than what I was led to believe. And Dan's like, oh, yeah. Well, why don't you come and find out, old man? Fuck around and find out. And the old man fucked around and he found out and he did not kill Dan. For some reason. For some reason. Got real close though. <laughs> Clearly, I, I was fully like, oh, he's dead. Yeah. Because like the Dan way that he sliced it looks like he he like he did what Obi Wan did, 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 did to Darth Maul. Darth Maul, Maul right? yeah. Like what? But uh Dan and the old man I have a theory about that. We'll okay. get into it. But Dan and the old man, the elder, get into a fight and the elder incapacitates Dan and slices him in a way that I guess just incapacitates him and knocks him unconscious. Something like that. Tajin uh, senses this and senses that his Padawan is in trouble and comes to assist him and mm-hmm. faces down the Elder. They kind of go through this power and or this... They have a conversation about power, about each other. Tajin asks him, are you a Sith? Tajin basically says the Sith were kind of misguided. I broke away a long time ago. I'm my own thing. I just kill for fun. Not I just it's basically, my yeah, like I'm just sort of like a psychopath, honestly, if I'm being honest, dude. Like, <laughs> I just sort of love blood. And the two of them fight each other, and of course, ultimately ends with Tajin uh, knocking down the Elder. With the help of Dan. With the help of Dan, he throws his lightsaber mm-hmm. at one point and distracts the Elder, and it gives Tajin the opportunity to deliver the killing blow in a way that I just love. I love it when people ignite their lightsaber through someone, someone else. He, yeah. he deactivates its lightsaber. And reactivates it through the old man's chest. Mm-hmm. Such a good move. Oh, no, they I'm did it in Last ben Jedi. Solo flashbacks. Yeah, do it more. Good, good move. <laughs> honestly. Um, so yeah. So after the old man is killed, he actually uh, he has a ship that landed on planet. Mm-hmm. He blows up the ship to destroy all evidence of why he was there in the first place. Yep. And Dan and Tajin are ultimately like, well, I guess we'll never know why he was here and whatever. But they have this nice little conversation about power. And Tajin tells Dan that. If you seek power, it's basically a flawed pursuit. It's a it's not a great goal to only seek power because you'll always lose power, no matter what. No matter how much power you get, eventually you're going to lose it, mm-hmm. either because someone will take it from you or because you'll grow old and die. Mm-hmm. The best thing you can do with power is help those in need and help those around you and improve the quality of life of anyone's you know, life that you can touch. Mm-hmm. And this is a little nice message that they have at the very end. Um, so once they bid farewell to the children and to the villagers, they pack up and leave and go to improve the world somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So, and that's it. And that's kind of the summary of uh, of the elder. That's what that's what happens. That's what happens. First off, can I just say I just love a good little master and Padawan little romp, little adventure. 
Oh, God, yes. I mean, that's why episode one is honestly not a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going back to just like the quality of this episode, English dub? This is the best English dub. I know I probably said that last episode about like Village Bride or something, but truly, I think this is the best English dub. You also just No, told- no, wait, no, fuck, wait, yeah, no. no I you also back. told me that you think that Akakiri is the Just best kidding. One. This is the best English dub so far. Okay. This is the best English dub so far. Okay. If you're watching this episode from to finish, this is the best one so far, but we'll get into <laughs> it a little bit later. But of the six we've seen, and this is the seventh, this is the best of the first seven. It's very good. Yes. Uh, David Harbour. David Harbour did such a good job. I love him so much. I just finished rewatching Stranger Things and I'm back on the David Harbour train. Stranger Things is a good uh, good Halloween time rewatch, mm-hmm. you know? Having good a good, good spooky season rewatch. Mm-hmm. Good call. I always expect there to be like a level of goofiness with David Harbour roles. <laughs> Like he's, he's a little goofy, yeah. especially but after Black Widow. There was a there were like um, moments when I like forgot it was him because he was like just played the role so well. Yeah, um, I, I I mentioned this in the last episode how I love competent characters and when characters like know their shit, and the fact that the master knew that he was like, oh, I can't sense this guy anymore. He's here. Mm-hmm. We're in the right spot. Yeah. Like, that would be so easy to dismiss and be like, hmm, you know what? Like, I guess we're clear. You mm-hmm. know? Like, that's a very easy thing to dismiss. And I mean, that just contrasts him with Dan. I mean, that's that's what's happening the whole episode yeah. where it's Tajin and Dan contrasting against each other. Like, because Tajin like, feels the disturbance. getting different information from the same like, yeah. stimuli. Yeah. Dan can't sense the disturbance in the force, and so he's completely relying or on Tajin. He Tajin. can, but he just can't take it to the next step. He can't take it to that next level of, like, hmm. Well, I guess he didn't. I don't think he felt he it at all the, the when they were in the, the ship. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he felt it at all. But and then in the same thing, if he had just been on that planet alone, he'd be like, oh, "Okay, well, this was a dead end." But and it then, was more like when the master says, "Like, oh, I can't sense him anymore." Then Dan's like, "Oh, so we're good? Like, yeah. we're fine?" He's yeah. like, "No, no, 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 no. You don't get a kid." The opposite of that, actually. Actually, the opposite though. Like, let's be real. We are very much in danger. I also thought it was really interesting how it was just kind of like, I mean, we've established that this guy is just a psychopath who's looking to kill, but like he really literally just came here looking for a challenge. Like he landed his ship, like I guess he spared the people he talked to from the village who saw him, unless they didn't talk to him, they just saw him and then they saw him hop off. And he was like, those guys are weak. They're not even worth my time. He's like that. If I get really bored uh, later, maybe I'll slaughter them all. But not for now. I'm going to go look for a challenge. And he goes off into the mountains and he fights the Vagma. He's like that that guy from Kung Fu Panda who escapes. I haven't seen Kung Fu Panda. You haven't seen Kung Fu Panda? No, I haven't. What? I'm sorry. (laughs) You're like way too surprised right now. Kung Fu Panda is a treasure. I know. I know. I know. It's, it's really good. So legitimately, good. the only thing I know from Kung Fu Panda is mm, monkey, monkey, <laughs> and the whooshy finger hold or whatever it's called when he goes skadoosh. He says skadoosh, Molly. Of course he does. He, he says skadoosh. He's Jack Black. Of course he does. He says skadoosh, and it's really funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've never <laughs> seen it. I'm sorry, but it's I like when Sheldon you. says bazinga. I'm aware. It's, I know. It's I know. Textbook funny. Skadoosh is Jack Black's saying. Textbook funny. Thing. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, he but just yeah. he like came looking for a challenge, probably because he sensed through the force that the Jedi would be there eventually, and so he's like, "This is where I'll be able to test my skills because I'm bored and I want things to slice up." I guess. So 
when the Vogma proved to be very little of a challenge to him, he was like, on to the next one. Come on, guys. I want to yeah. fight something. Well, I, I have to say this guy, not so much narratively, but more of like visually and who he is from a force user perspective, mm-hmm. very similar to Sabaoth from the Thrawn trilogy that I'm reading right now. Mm-hmm. So Sabaoth is a dark Jedi. He's not really a Sith. He's someone that Grand Admiral Thrawn discovers on this remote planet who uh, basically has access and he has force possessed a local village Mm -hmm. um, of these kind of not really technologically advanced people, sort of similar to the village we see in this episode, but he's sort of taken them over and they have sworn loyalty to him and like have kind of accepted him as their protector and sort of savior, but he lives in the mountains and he guards them. The mountains have a secret, which I won't get into for fear of potentially spoiling the books. Go read the original Thrawn trilogy. Uh, really good read. Enjoying it very much so. But Sabaoth was a, was a dark Jedi. He wasn't a Sith. He wasn't a Jedi. He was just sort of this being that existed in between the two. And that's sort of what the Elder is. He really is just like kind of this bloodthirsty, looking for a challenge, decrepit old man who's like, what's out there? What's next for me to conquer? I need that. So that seemed like a callback to me, at least. Well, yeah. Very interesting. I, I mean, obviously, I haven't read the books. So I wouldn't know that. But those are some really interesting parallels. I mean, yeah. I'm sure all these animation studios were, like, digging super deep in all of the Star Wars lore. Like, they did their research and stuff. And, like, finding oh, yeah. any sort of thing they could latch on to. And be like, let's just expand on this thing. Or let's make this thing our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. I think that's pretty interesting. Um, I mean, and this probably goes without saying, and I'm sure you picked up on this too, but I mean, come on, Tajan and Dan, they're just Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. I mean, yeah. They're just Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Dan was too, he was, he had his sassy moments. But, but they, they're very, they're very similar. Um, especially just in like Tajan's sort of view of the force and view of the Jedi, which I, come on, you know my thoughts on the Qui-Gon. I mean, he had, he had some, he just had the same, the same vibe. Yeah. Gave off that Qui-Gon vibe. Fuck, I love lightsabers in the rain. God dang it. Okay. Dude. All right. Seriously? One of the things I'm going to make you watch for this podcast are like the old 2D animated Star Wars original Clone Wars cartoons. Okay. Which are done by the Samurai Jack people. And there's a scene where Anakin faces off against this. It's it's an interesting version of Asajj Ventress, mm-hmm. um, who is the one who like had the whole thing with Savage. In that Count Dooku episode that yeah. we watched, which mm-hmm. will come out later. Mm-hmm. We already recorded it. It's coming out in the future. Mm-hmm. So if we don't know what we're talking about right now, it's coming soon, folks. So you stay tuned. Yeah. Um, but like there's this whole scene where they're like in the rain and like Anakin and Asajj are like staring each other down and like they have their lightsabers out and it's totally still. And like as the rain hits it, you just hear like, it's so good. And all the steam coming off well, of it. Some good sound so The design. fact that they brought that back in this episode, I was literally watching it with Julia and I just went, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's back, baby. We did it, folks. We did it. We did it. It's back. Congrats. <laughs> we can all go home. Good day, everyone. Lightsabers in the rain. I can die a happy man. I love lightsabers in the rain. <laughs> so good. I, I had a little thing. And, and correct me if you think I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when the elder is killed, he turns to stone. And I think that you know, this is kind of a little shocking thing. Uh, when we, I first watched it, it was like when the master killed the elder, I was like, that's a little weird. 
why would he like turn to stone? Why would he turn to rubble? But uh, I watched it a second time with the English dub and I was like, oh, he's probably been like prolonging his life with his powers with the force and basically killing him ended his con- concentration spell <laughs> for all you D&D players out there and uh, made him just like turn to rubble and just crumble Oh, without the lack of his power. So that's sort of what I thought that meant. It's it's basically just, this just hit me. It's like the end of Tangled when Mother Gothel <gasps> falls out of the tower and she just is dust. Oh my God, you're Ooh, so right. Disney dude. properties oh my melding God. together. You're so right. Wow. But was it Disney though? I mean, it was, but was it? Mm-hmm. It was, but it was. was it though? <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. Okay, where's Rapunzel? We gotta go save her from wherever the elder is keeping. <laughs> it's just Dan's rat tail as a paddle. Oh my grows. god! <laughs> he likes he like. There's this one really special Padawan. He just like finds them somehow and knows that their hair Ew. has magical properties. Oh, but it's just those. And like, then six hides them away in it. Really in it, yeah, it's just the longest rat tail. Uh. Like, hey, I'm a chosen Padawan. My name's Butch. <laughs> you want to grab my rat tail? I'm the chosen one. Okay. <laughs> I ate this magic flower once and it did this. I'm not sure what it does exactly, but when I sang my song, it glows. It glows real bright. <laughs> and I think that's pretty nifty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, another thing that I noticed going back uh, to sort of like the Elder's powers, I guess. Um, but when he killed killed they didn't kill when he defeated dan Mm -hmm. uh he sort of mentions that you know if i if i kill you i'll draw your master out but i think that's not really true i think that killing him would cut him off from the force so his master would no longer really be able to feel him all he would know is that his padawan is dead but if he were to injure him mortally so in a way that was like very serious and keep him alive that would draw the master out more that was than my just theory. Killing him. That was my theory too. Because I, I was watching it, and, and Julia was like, "What the fuck? Like he should be dead. Yeah, he should totally be dead." And I'm like, mm, "That's probably intentional. That was probably an intentional maiming to keep him alive and like wounded prey to lure the other guy out." Uh, yeah, I was thinking because I, I I had the same thought process. I'm like, "Oh, okay, he's sliced in half. He's dead. He's just slumped on the floor." Because I was like, I mean, I feel like. Maybe I just don't have the same mindset as Tajin, but I feel like I would have ran over there if he was dead or not. Yeah. If he was dead, I'd be like, how dare you? I'm going to get revenge. But that's not the Jedi way. You can't let emotions influence your decisions. But also, like, if Tajin is anything like Qui-Gon, like, absolutely he would have gotten revenge. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> but this guy might be operating under what, like, standard Jedi practices are. So if he's like, if I'm going to keep this guy living barely, his teacher's going to come to look after him, et cetera, et cetera. And that'll, that's yeah. how I draw a stronger guy out to give me a good fight. Because all he wants is a fight. That's all he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I also really liked, um, the discussion, like you were saying, about, like, power and, like, Tajin doing the whole, like, Jedi humbleness thing where he's like, I didn't defeat the Elder, time did. Stay humble, bitches. Um, but I thought it was really interesting because I don't know, I mean, I don't know if I just haven't been paying attention, but I feel like they don't talk about that a lot. It's always just about, like, you can get more and more power. Like, if you, you if you reach into the dark side, you'll get more power, Luke. Like, that's how you'll, you'll become more powerful. And the, and, and the discussion in all the movies, really, is just, like, training so you get stronger and all that. But it's never been framed in this way where it's, like, you gotta work on 
other aspects of your beat your person because like you're not always going to be powerful yeah one way or another time is going to affect every that which you have it's true i i think that that conversation they had about power was very unique to star wars you know like it comes across as a life lesson but i'm ultimately like how how do you apply that to anything except like, i mean yes yeah. come on so it's hey, a fun kid, commentary on star hate to break wars. it to you but you're gonna die one day <gasps> Only way we talk about Mama Live Forever. Oh, oh man. Oh man. <laughs> Damn it. Um I'm still waiting for someone to come and turn me into a sparkly vampire. <laughs> I'm just waiting for someone to come and turn me into Spider-Man. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to swing from some webs, dude. Woo! <laughs> um but but no, I think I thought that that conversation was like very it was a good addition to just like what it means to be a Jedi and what mm-hmm. it means to be a master and to be someone that does have power in this universe. It, and it adds to the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, the sequels, like everything. It really just gives this little deeper understanding of like when these characters that we treasure get these abilities, what that means for them. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a, a really cool conversation. And for those that might not have heard the first time, Basically saying that, you know, power is fleeting. You're going to die. Even, you know, Tejan who defeated this elder, this ancient Sith, you know, Sith Lord. Yeah. It wasn't actually Tejan that defeated him. It was just the fact that the old man had gotten old. Mm-hmm. That He wasn't at downfall. the top of his game. You know, power is fleeting. Yeah. And you only have a, you know, a little bit of time with it. So interesting little conversation. I really liked that. Indeed. Yeah, that's that's really all I have about um, about the elder. I, I thought this was a great episode, and if any characters were to come over to live action, uh, I think I said that the ninth Jedi was my last pick, where I was like, one of these could come come over, but uh, this is my new top. I think either of these characters could be um, live action oh, characters. Like they're very true to what it means, like to Star Wars combat, to Star Wars lore. Great additions. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't overly fantastical. The way that they were animated even was more like edging towards realistic. I mean, obviously it's still yeah. an anime, but it was like it was like that's a, I could see that being a real face. It's <laughs> a real face right yeah. there. It wasn't crazy over the top animation for their combat, you know? Like mm-hmm. you could get Jordan Fisher to just be that guy. Yeah. Basically, you could just get Jordan Fisher. I don't know who could be the elder because he had black eyes and the yellowest teeth it I've could, ever seen, but Well, he's dead, so Yeah. Sure. <laughs> just get David Arbor for the other guy too. Yeah, there you go. Just put him in a wig. Let's move on to episode eight, Lop Ooh. and Ocho. Is it Lop? Some, they said Lope sometimes. No, I think it's Lop. Like, it's Lop. I'd go with Lop. Lop and Ocho, Lop. which is, uh, oh man. I, just, I have to start off, before we get into the recap of it, I have to just ask a quick question for you, Molly. Mm-hmm. Did this episode make you happy because of the character's design? <laughs> well, The fact that... It's designed very similarly to your D and D character. D and D character. <laughs> For it, those of you who don't know, which is most people, yes. Molly and I play D and D together. Oh, which wow. I already said, but currently Molly is playing a rabbit folk. Is that how we describe it? A heron gun is the uh, race. Okay. I'm a little a, a rabbit a little person. Heron gun. I'm a little bunny rabbit. Person. I'm a garden gnome. Uh, for anyone who would also like to know, too, mm-hmm. I'm a garden gnome. But Molly is is a yeah is a heron yes. gun. Heron gun. Yeah. She's really cool. And she's really much cooler than a garden gnome, really if I may cute. say so yeah. myself. I can hop. I can jump. It's fun. I I did like when I was seeing all the like previews for Lop and Ocho. I was like, oh my god, that's a little bunny person. She's so cute. 
Like, that's basically what I was thinking the entire episode. Because <laughs> the animation is really good. I so Like, good. truly some of the best visuals it's in the whole so series. It's so good. Really great. The landscapes were some of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and the driving scenes. Uh, I thought that when she was driving in the speeder at the yeah. end, that was pretty cool. I thought it was yeah, that, yeah. But uh, I did have, I do have like some shots that I call out specifically that I really loved that I thought were just like peak animation. Before we get into it though, just mm-hmm. what were very quick thoughts on this episode? Did you like it? I this epi- like the more that I think about it, the more mad I get. Me too. It like really frustrates me because it had such so much potential. It starts one way and it's like this is the way the world is and I'm like, "Okay." And then they're like, "Okay, now 7 years have passed." And I'm like, "Understandable." And they're like, "This is the way the world is." And it's completely different. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm actually just specifically talking about the character of Ocho. Yeah. I just have so many I just have so many feelings about her as a character because at the beginning she's one way and then seven years pass, we don't see what happens during that seven years, and then all of a sudden she's an asshole. And I'm like, what is going on? And they have a completely different voice yeah. actor. She's no, it's the same. Like, I mean, it's the same voice I mean, actor the okay, whole but time. It sounds like a different voice actor. She, she they dress her a completely different way, like four different times. And yeah, it's I. I'll 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 get into it. I have a lot of feelings yeah. about Ocho, but it's like yeah, it just really frustrates me because they like didn't need to have the six years, seven years prior scene. Really, it oh could my have God, just Molly, been. That's my first note. Is this the the, the pre- they didn't let's, need let's to get, have... wait. Let's get into the story okay. before we review anymore. Let's yeah. let's get into the story. Let's recap yes. exactly okay. what happened. So this was created by Studio Gino Studio. Was the animation studio that made it? I don't know is this it... a double up? No, it's not. The studio. The oh. next one is the double up. Oh, okay. I don't actually know any of their stuff. They've only done like a handful of things and I didn't recognize any of them. But obviously they know their shit because this is a beautifully animated episode. A lot, like we said, a lot of great landscapes. A great character design. So good. Such great character design. Mm -hmm. It's just not used well is the only thing. We can get to that. We're going to get into it. Um, and in terms of timeline, this is set up, this takes place anywhere between 12 BBY, which is the year that I just wrote down, the year that Darth Vader moves into his baddie castle. True. And uh, 0 ABY, or the year that A New Hope takes place. So it's basically just like early empire-ness in terms of a recap. So this um, episode takes place on a planet called Tau, which has recently allowed the Empire to come in and like take over essentially because they are like super behind in terms of like technological advancement. So they're like, "Hey Empire, come in. We need some help with industrialization." The Empire does, and then the environment starts going to shit, which uh-oh, who would have foreseen? Uh-oh, I feel like I I feel like I've heard about that happening somewhere before, but like I really can't Put my finger on I it. I couldn't fucking tell you, dude. It's you, so hard to tell. What are you talking about? Don't get political. <laughs> Don't get political. In my Star Wars podcast. Hashtag not my Star Wars podcast. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Hashtag not my empire. Yeah. <laughs> my empire respects its, its subordinates. <laughs> anyway, we open up on Lop who is a little, like we've established, she's like a little bunny girl. So she is like running around. It's kind of like I was reminded of the first scene of Aladdin where he's like running around after having stolen the food and then he, she finally like sits down. One jump. Eat. Yeah. She finally sits down and is, able, and is able to eat. And she's with her droid, TD. 
I love TD. She is then cuts to another scene. She's in the market and it looks like she's about to like steal a piece of fruit or whatever. But then someone grabs her hand before she can. Turns out it's Ocho. A little young girl who's just like a little bit older than Blop, I assume. It's not really super clear. But she's shopping with her father, Yasuburo. They like introduce themselves to Lop basically. And they're like, oh, wow. Like you look like you are an imperial servant who's escaped because Lop is wearing this like collar that indicates that. Um, very quickly, Ocho decides that she wants to take Lop into her family and like strong arms her father into <laughs> adopting Lop and is just like, I can just tell that Lop's Daddy, a good person. Keep her. She's like, I can just tell that Lop's a good person. She's very upbeat. She's very bubbly. She's very happy. She drags, she like grabs Lop's hand and they go over to the beach. They start splashing around in the water and like laughing with each other. Bold move. TD um, like singes or like cuts off the collar from Lop. And Which goes back to our death battle when I said that uh, BD1 was able to cut off uh, what's Ed's name? arm. Ed's arm. Yeah. You know, now yep. you see. I now you see how I strong see. those droids are. I do. I Very do. quick. Yes, Burrow comes. And then um, TD takes a nice little family picture. Like, Ocho really wants and to take a family photo. And we're never going to see that family picture ever again. Definitely not. We'll never see that family picture ever again. Don't even worry Don't about even it. Don't even worry about it. Um, so, um, then... That all happens. And then seven years later, a bomb has gone off. Wow. Lop is waking up after the explosion. TD is still looking at that family photo. He really, he's very sentimental. He's a good old droid. Um, Lop wakes up and is immediately like, where's my sister? What happened? So she goes around, she goes running over to see what happened. And she finds that her father and her sister are arguing because her father was the one that set off the bomb because he is like resistant to the empire and doesn't think that they're doing any good anymore and wants to like rebel against them and make them leave the planet so that they some kind of galactic rebellion something like that i don't know i don't know it's unclear (laughs) and ocho is arguing with him saying that the 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 imperial intervention is good and that they've been working with each other for so long that they all that they do for the, the for the the city and the family and the planet is good and uh, she's really advocating for the empire for the planet and for the family not really she's just like we've been we've been working together and they do good things for us like we it's fine (laughs) um they they get mad at each other um and then some imperial stormtroopers come come up and people scatter um, we then cut to lop and ocho driving in her little cruiser her little convertible down a road like the one road on this planet there's yeah, just the one road the same road over and <laughs> um, over and they're talking and lop is like what like what's your deal why are you so mad at dad and ocha's like no like i love dad and i love this family i'm just doing what i think is best and i think working with the empire is best um uh, which okay um they then roll up on like an imperial little blockade type thing and this imperial officer is like okay ocho like what's up <laughs> Your family sucks, and I have blackmail. Yeah, he's basically like, I can make your family's life even worse if you don't come join I'm us. I'm gonna make your life miserable. So, uh, Ocho is like, all right, <laughs> I, you got it. I'll join you. And <laughs> Lop is like, what? that was very easy. I thought you'd Wait, put up say- more resistance. Thank you, Ocho. Thanks. Did I say Lop or did I say Ocho? I don't know. I'm but a stupid imperial officer. Oh my God. Okay. So, Join me. 
So Ocho is like, okay, I'll join you. And Lop is like, Thank what you. the fuck? No, stop. She's like, no, please don't do this. Stop it. And then Ocho, to show her resolve, cuts off her hair. She has this big, long ponytail braid. She cuts it off, hands it to Lop, and then walks over. Well, no, and then she fucking bites her thumb off or whatever. Oh, yeah, she then, bites like, her thumb and then changes her eyeshadow color. eyeliner with her own blood, which... Yeah, pretty badass. Is it, though? I feel like it just get in your eye, and then you're like, ah, shit, mm-hmm. ow. I don't know. She did it a lot smoother than I ever could. Yeah, but yeah, don't do that, Molly. I wouldn't. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm just saying the precision. Wow. <laughs> um... It's like, oh my God. It's like those, you would not know. It's like they had these like Barbie like bust head things that you could like comb her hair and like braid it and like put it up in ponytails or whatever. I'm probably remembering this wrong, but they would have, like she would have like eyeshadow color and then if you put warm water on it, it would change colors. Wait, I remember the commercials for this. Yeah, so it'd be like she has blue, she has like blue eyeshadow normally, but then if you like put, if you like rub warm water over her eye, it changes color. It's like (gasps) that. That's what Ocho is serving. But it's her blood. But it's her blood. (laughs) But that's what it looked like because she had blue eyeshadow and then it turned red and I was like, the warm water. But anyway. I saw this on Disney Channel, I know. Yeah. Lop is beside herself. She's so upset. So she just leaves her cruiser there and then she like jumps over the side of the road. Because she's so mad and upset. Like mile high bridge that she was on. So she runs home. She goes to her dad. She's like, Which is the only use of the fact that she's a bunny. You know, is that little hop? Is that one jump? Like there is moments in a in a fight later in this episode where she like kind of leaps around and stuff. But I'm like, that's just normal. Hop. But that's just anime shit. Yeah. Like that's not has nothing to do with the fact that you're a bunny. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. So um, she goes back home. She like meets with her father, and her dad's like, "Okay, where's Ocho?" And she's like, "In Lop is like, she joined the Empire." And 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 Yasuburo is like, like, "I know, I knew this day would come. I figured this. Would You're happen. my only daughter now, by the way. Also, everyone else left us. Here's a gun. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's another thing. There, many of the like family have left, and like and like, quote unquote, Which, taken time off. But who they just are they? Left. Who are they? Who are they? Who are they? The, the family i just imagine it's like they're fucking we have no idea who they I, are. I just That's imagine it's kind of at. like a mob family where they're like we're family quote unquote hey we're fucking family like and then like, a bunch of them were just are. really scared so they just left my point is they did not get into any of the intricacies of that no they did not and it's just when, like there's one the guy payoff. sitting in the corner and they're like that's all my that's name's all that's left. terry i'm a part of the family <laughs> terry's the only one left we fucking hate Terry. Get him out of here. I'm the only one left. You Get out of here, Terry. Go on. Anyway. Um, Yasubro is like, <laughs> I, I had okay. I do my bit. <laughs> All right. Yeah, know, let me do I my Italian I know. I did. Bit. I let you do your bit. We're moving Thanks, on Molly. from it. Thank you. We're moving on. <laughs> uh, Yasubro is like, come on, follow me. And I was like, he's going to give her a lightsaber. And then they yeah, get to yeah. the special room and he gives her a Wow, who could have foreseen that? I know, right? Not me. He tells this whole story about a Jedi that used to live on this planet, like lived and died on this planet. And like before he died, he trained and gave his lightsaber to an ancient ancestor of the fa- of Yasuburo's like family and bloodline. So that's why they have this this lightsaber. And he's like, here you go, Lop. This is yours now. This is me officially recognizing you as a part of the family. Like you're the only one who can like kind of do the right thing. He basically is just like, you know what, like the family is basically over, like no one's left really, and I'm going to go fight Ocho, but just know that I think of you as my daughter, and I love you, 
we're also, family. I'm probably gonna die. Also, I'm probably gonna die, but I'm proud of you. And I still think of Ocho as my daughter, and I still think of us as a family. And Lop is like, what? And he's like, okay, bye. <laughs> and flies off, presumably to go fight Ocho and the and the other Empire soldiers and stuff. A little bit later, Lop hears an explosion, and she's oh. like, Dad, would you stop it with the bombs? Please stop bombing us. So she immediately leaps into action and starts going over to where the explosion was. She's miraculously recovered her speeder and she's in it again and she's driving. Oh, true. Quick. Wait, what? I don't know. How oh she my got God, it back. wait, you're so right. <laughs> she left it and now she has it back. She left it with the Empire. And I guess yeah. they were just like. They just left it there. They mailed like, it back to her. <laughs> who knows? So she has it again. Or maybe it's a different one. Maybe they just have a surplus. They probably just have a couple of speeders. They just have a couple of speeders. I never know. That's fun. Okay, <laughs> funny. Yeah. Back in my right. convertible. I got it back. It's here now. Don't worry about it. Don't you have like six convertibles laying around, Molly? Don't I mean, you have that? yeah, but that's that's I, just a relatable character moment. I, no, Everyone no, no. has six I convertibles. Just, laying I don't want to let people know because I'm trying to be hashtag relatable. But, but that is relatable to have the six convertibles. Maybe you're not relatable because you have too many convertibles and you're worried about not being relatable. Shh, 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 I, I poked too many holes in this argument. <laughs> Get your convertibles out of the garage, Molly. <laughs> Gosh darn it! I'll keep my convertibles where I want them. <laughs> So she drives it and then crashes it into a wall. Like immediately. And she's like, guess I'll take my when umbrella. It crashes, she jumps out and then she turns into Mary Poppins. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah, I wrote that in my notes because I knew you'd say that. Yeah. Um, she. I do um, think I've already said that on this podcast. I think too. you have. I think I have. It's a good line. So she floats down to where her dad and like the two remaining People of the family are fighting Imperial people and Ocho. Ocho and Yasuburo are fighting. Um, Yasuburo's like, come on, Ocho, please don't do this. I don't want to hurt you. And she has this whole twisted logic of like, I'm doing what's best for this place and for the family, which the family doesn't exist anymore, homie. And she's like, if I have to hurt you in order to do that, then I guess I'll have to. And I'm like, okay. That doesn't make any sense, but I guess sense. whatever. So she slash slashes at him and cuts his only his one good eye because he already has one eye. Oh, true. Yeah, that is injured, that, yeah. so he loses his good eye. And then Lop is like arriving just then, and she runs over and she's like, "No, like father." And he's like, "Ah, oh, dang! I guess I can't look at you guys anymore. She got my good eye." And I was like, "Shit, dude! What guess the I'm hell? blind." I was like, Ocho, you did not need to aim for the eye. Like, that's the only place he's injured. Salt in the wound. Like, that's like where she aimed. Jeez. Um, So, Wop is very upset. And then Ocho is like, You made me do this. And it's like, Oh, Jesus, that's some logic you got going on there. And then. Lop whips out the lightsaber. Ocho gets really upset because she's like, I'm the heir. I'm the successor. I should have gotten that. You're not part of the family, which I'm like, you asked her to be part of the family. I'm so confused, but I'll get to that. Wait a minute. This this whole operation was your idea. Yes. <laughs> so then Lop and Ocho start fighting and uh, they're going, they're like, whoosh, 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 you know, and, and, and Lop is using the lightsaber and Ocho has these cool like nunchucks type things that are connected by electricity and they're fighting and then um lop is in like a tough situation and she uses the force to grab one of yasaburo's knives and then uses both of them to like cut an x in ocho's chest and then she like falls Which off I the side of the ship, ship like she should be dead but like whatever but then she's she's floating up on a ship and she's not dead she's standing as if she's perfectly fine and then she flies off into the distance and then 
That's it. Also, in the scuffle, TD gets uh, freaking injured, which is unacceptable. It ends with um, there's like a like a lop remembering like I or something that someone said where this it's family like family will always be together. Yeah, like we like will that. restore this. I will restore this family basically, and it's an open ending, and that's what happens. If you if you've gotten to the end of the summary and you're like, wait, I don't really know what happened. Yeah, <laughs> you're not alone. That's just kind of how this episode is. It just ends and you're like, well, that was a story, all right. Okay, now that I have gone through that, I have proposals to make this better. Uh, All right. So here's what I'm thinking. I I want to guess. Let's both say one on the count of three. We'll say it however we want to say it, but we'll both say it. All right, because I I think it's a similar one already. One, two, three. Cut out the opening. <laughs> I was gonna say make it a movie if you want to like get. Oh, all I was gonna say cut detail. out the opening scene of like yes. the whole seven years that prior. Was, that's what I came to like after the fact that like they could have just started from the seven year mark and just had the family portrait and that would have implied whatever yeah. and had like a line about like when we adopted you seven years ago like yeah because she's a bunny person it. she's obviously, obviously not related, not related to, to him. him she's a fucking rabbit <laughs> yes and then it, it's it's then my other idea is that. They are obvi- they like really bit off more they could than they could chew. Like they were very ambitious with what they were trying to accomplish in these twenty minutes. But that's the thing is, yes, but also no. You know, because I'm like, they had a lot that they were trying to say, and mm-hmm. I think that they had plenty of time to say it because this is actually the longest of the three episodes we watched. It was like twenty minutes. Yeah. All the other episodes are like 12, 13 minutes. This one was the longest one. Mm-hmm. It just spent its time so inefficiently mm-hmm. there's a lot of dialogue but nothing of importance was actually being said they were just saying words and debating over the morality of joining the empire or not joining the empire but not really making an actual argument for either one mm-hmm. above like a very 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 general argument <laughs> they help us they help us or they don't help us yeah. and that's it basically my frustration with this entire episode just stems down to ocho as a character She's very confusing as a character. She, she makes doesn't need to no be in this. Sense. She's she, she hardly like she hardly affects the plot. She's basically two separate characters. She's Ocho, and then she's the bitch that murdered Ocho. Like basically, like they could have made it two characters where there was like Lop's sister, and then there was the Empire official who kills Ocho. I don't know. Like it's two completely different people, and the easy solution is just to cut out the prequel bits where we see Ocho being a happy bubbly little child because when we see her next it makes absolutely no sense based on what we know like about immediately her already before we even know that she's like evil we're like you already aren't that character anymore because mm-hmm. she's, she's yelling at, at least, her father and it's like she's at least three different characters throughout the whole thing and there's no justification for any of it mm-hmm. so I'm saying if you if they really care about their vision the way it is, this just needs to be longer, like a movie maybe. They add more plot to it. But here's here's what needs to be included for this to make sense. One, more lot backstory. How did like where did she come from? How what did planet? she Where how did she escape from yep. being this little servant person? Also, I would like some hints about her force sensitivity. Yeah, what? Because where did that she come just from? all of a sudden can grab the the little knife with Mary the force. Sue. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. at least with the ninth Jedi, like the girl was like, clearly she'd been training with lightsabers forever. Yeah, we had been forever. given some backstory she, and her dad was like, you, you're sensitive with the force. Like yep. we've trained, mm-hmm. you know your stuff. 
But with Lop's, it's, Lop, it's just like out of nowhere. Yeah. And dude. she was like, what's the force? What's a lightsaber? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's like, dude, no, oh come God. on. Like, um, I would like I a know little... Luke like figured out all this shit on his own, but yeah. like, come but it's on. Like, no. That's yeah. Little, so I would like much. a little more little hints at that. Like yeah. her noticing things, like maybe being like, oh, did you feel that? And people being like, what are you talking about? You know, like just mm-hmm. like force, hashtag just force things. And I think they had the time in this episode to do it, but they just wasted so much of their animation like budget and their actual script, like their actual page length of a script. Yeah, they also didn't need like the, the, the like two minutes of the beginning when they were talking about how the empire is ruining the planet. They ruin everything they touch. We know yep. that. We had like there's a big explosion at the beginning. The dad and and Lop's sister are arguing for actually like two and a half minutes. It feels like mm-hmm. it actually feels like they're arguing for like two minutes of screen time. And I'm like, this is a twenty minute episode. That's a tenth of your runtime that you're choosing to spend. On this argument that doesn't actually go anywhere, and you're not actually saying anything, and this then is a waste just, of time. They just leave, and they're like, "Okay, and I guess they're like, we're done let's talking. just like fucking leave, and then we'll have the same argument later in this episode." Mm-hmm. So dumb. So, like, I'm not saying that Ocho could not have ended up where she does. It's just so completely out of left field that you can't just say seven years have passed and not provide us anything in that seven years that makes us understand why she become yeah. became the way she is. Like. If you're gonna say that seven years have passed and then make her a completely different character, wait, where did that happen? What so, caused her to become the way that she is? So when Ocho turns to the Empire and goes over to their side, it's like this one Imperial officer that's like talking to her and being like, "Oh, like we're gonna make your life hard." Mm-hmm. This Imperial officer has like green ears and like weird shaven head and stuff, and I'm like, <laughs> the Empire, it, they're Nazis. Yeah, that's not up to code. <laughs> <laughs> They just wanted like, to his look- shaved head, his like rebellious green tattoos oh or whatever. God. Like Nazis wouldn't let that fly. <laughs> yeah. Well, this episode has me defending Nazi dress code. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's. I just. <laughs> oh it's, man. Yeah, it's and it's also it's like because I got like I was thinking about this so much like. It, it what makes it even more out of left field like Ocho must have been just really good at hiding it because seven years later a, an explosion has happened Lop wakes up and immediately is wondering where Ocho is so she's still really concerned with her sister and seven years have passed so like obviously if her first thought when she wakes up from an explosion is the well-being of her sister that means she loves her sister and that her sister's probably in on whatever they're doing and and that and that no and that like She's spent these seven years bonding with her sister and cares about her and thinks of her as a good person and being concerned about her well-being. So, like, Ocho now being an Empire sympathizer and arguing with her father over it seems even more out of left field because it doesn't seem... Like, there like are any seeds that. that would have been planted where, where Lop is like, oh, she's been acting weird for a while. Like, if she wakes up and is immediately concerned for her sister... She still thinks of her as like a good person and the same person that she met seven years ago. Yeah. So it's it seems even more out of left field. Again, I'm not saying she couldn't have ended up where she does. It's just there's absolutely like it's absolutely crazy that they're saying that this is the same character that we met when yeah when Lop was little because she was so bubbly, start of the beginning, bubbly and overbearing and like a happy little kid. And it's just like, why did that need to be there? Because it just serves to confuse me. So I just, if you want 
if you want to leave it the way that it is, I'm going to need a little more information about what happens during that seven years that leads Ocho to become the way that she is. Because yeah. the way it is right now makes absolutely Why zero sense. Why are you like this? Absolutely zero sense. It's it's just so, so wild. <laughs> I just have, I just, the more I think about it, the more I get mad about it. Like, as I've said, like, Ocho makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> I just have a lot of, <laughs> this is like, I was expecting to love all of these episodes. I still did really like this episode in, in animation. It's very pretty. Yeah. Uh, it had its moments. The When she was like in the room with Yasuburo and getting the lightsaber, like all of the candles were lit and it does like a zoom in on her face and you see the reflection of the candles in her eyes. I was like, that's a good shot. Like I have never gotten this frustrated with a piece of media before, I don't think. Are you serious? Or I mean like I don't might wrong. I, I get it. It's a fr- This is a frustrating episode. Like I it might had too much potential. With ones that are like really bad, but I think it's because like I was just going into it with like a, like a critical analysis kind of eye when I was viewing it. And every time Ojo was talking, I was like, what the fuck are you saying? Like I, <laughs> I was like, okay, I like am not retaining anything you're saying. I'm gonna have to watch this. I mean, obviously I was gonna watch it in English yeah. and I was like, maybe I'll understand it more when I'm speaking the same language. And I was still just like, what are you saying if i like Ooh, to the, save the, if, the, the voice of of the dad by the way is the voice of hanzo from overwatch which oh. uh which fuck fuck blizzard um but i do like overwatch the voice the japanese voice of lop is another my hero academia character that you haven't met yet I, she yeah. voices airy who's wow. the best know. character oh my gosh i have no idea when you meet her you'll know okay i, I, I have no clue <laughs> You just gotta keep watching my hair. <laughs> Please, you're at a good part. You're, I know. you're getting up to the best part. I know. Even watching it in English, I was just getting so confused by everything that Ojo was saying. Because she was like, for the sake of the family, if I have to hurt you, then I guess that's what I have to do. And I'm like, what are you expecting? You kill your dad and then that's somehow gonna help the family? Like, you were there when they all ditched. We did also, it, Patrick. We saved the city. <laughs> also, like, you, also, you, if you kill him, that makes him, like, a martyr, then anyone who was, like, a part of the family wouldn't side with you. They'd be like, dude, you killed the boss. Why would you think we would take your side after that? Like, successor or no, you fucking killed your dad. What do you, <laughs> like, the logic make, makes absolutely no sense. It really like, doesn't. You're so, you're batshit crazy. Because at first I thought I was like, okay, she's just like playing to the em- to the Empire and like is really actually doing the best for her family. But I yeah, like, oh, I thought. Wait, no, no, like you're actually just like stupid. At the beginning, like while I was watching the episode, I was like, okay, this is going to be a thing where it makes sense with her character where she's she's like a secret agent and she's just like yeah. playing it up so that the Empire trusts her and then she's going to stab them in the back. That I always come out on And the then it wasn't. She's just like full on brainwashed or something. I was like, what are you doing? And how do we get to this point? Like, why, where, why are we here and how do we get here? This episode I am so lost. Me too mad. It just had so much potential. And that's the thing. It just, like, I also said, like, the fights are good, but there's just too much th- fucking talking during all the fights. There's so much talking during all the fights. Ah, it's so lame. It just ruins them and there's just no quality in them. Mm-mm. Ah. Any good moments that they had going for them in the fights are, like, immediately ruined and, like, ground to a halt because of their, like, stupid conversations about shit that they've already talked about previously in the episode of ocho just like over it move on she's just like spewing propaganda back at them basically like i they're both just spewing propaganda at each other none of them are saying anything heartfelt at any point during this episode lame it's just like what is going on i'm so confused (laughs) 
That's Lapinocho. That's, That's Lapinocho. It's my Fuck. least favorite of all of these episodes. I have to say, I like Tatooine Rhapsody better. At least Tatooine Rhapsody, like... Makes sense. <laughs> one, makes sense. And two, just, like, had something to say, mm-hmm. you know? Like, this one doesn't really... Like, at least Tatooine it's Rhapsody like, was, oh, like, Empire like, go out bad. for your friends and like, and, like, stick your neck out for your friends and, like, take a risk because of, like, the people who took a risk on you, you know? But this one is, like, Empire bad... Rebels good. Family good. I mean, it, like, it, okay, I, it was great. trying to say something about like found family, I guess, or like the family that we make along the way because like Lop isn't related to them and the way that it ends is very open ending. cowers away from it? I know. I mean, but the way that it ends makes it seem like Lop is convinced that she's going to be able to get Ocho to come back. And then she doesn't. Well, that's the, that'll be, no, but that like at the very end, like the last line, it's Lop talking and she's like, we can restore this family. My take on that is that she's going to go out and try to like convince Ocho to like come back. Yeah, but like... And I don't know if Yasuburo is dead or not. Can you die from an eye wound? I mean, if he gets infected. True, but I assume he's still alive because it ends on the family picture. So I'm like, she's trying to restore her family. Yeah. And I that was what they were trying to go for but i'm like honestly i think ocho is so deranged that she's beyond saving because i don't understand a word that comes out of her mouth after the seven year mark passes like truly but yeah but that's lopping ocho yeah I, i'm happy that we both don't think that it's because at least like on tattooing rhapsody like you thought tattooing rhapsody was a little bit better than i did mm-hmm. but i think we're both in agreement that this one was not very great. yeah it just disappointed me yeah just disappointing but now let's move on to episode nine Aka kitty Aka kitty which was probably my favorite episode of the whole thing honestly it was good. really good and for everyone's reference akakiri translates to red fog mm, interesting mm. that kind of adds a little bit to it mm-hmm. little bit um i i really liked this episode um like i said it was my favorite i mean village bride ninth jedi were really good but for some reason there was something about this one for me and just how it didn't really feel like a um, standard piece of Star Wars content for me. It really just like felt outside the norm a little bit, but still oh, really? so in line with like, yeah. I, I don't know. I really liked it. I just really liked it. So uh, yeah, would you mind elaborating yeah, so, a little bit on the anime anime studio and sort of what they're known for? Yeah, so this was another double up. This was by Science Saru who did the TOB1 episode. So the same animation studio that did TOB1 uh, did this one. Would you like some tea, Obi Wan? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> like with the Elder, um, this is obviously a different animation studio or a different animation style from the same yeah. animation studio because yeah. this looks a lot different from TOB One. But I really liked the art style. I thought it was interesting and unique compared to all the other episodes in the anthology. Oh yeah, it was. A l- it was. Uh, it felt very trippy. It just felt like a little out there in terms of animation style. Um, there are moments it kind of just felt like a fever dream, but mm-hmm. I liked that. I really liked that because I feel like the character was also like when you say Red Fog. Yeah, that was the name of the title. It does feel like the character is sort of in this daze, in this fog through the whole thing. And, and it's not till the end that he starts in his mind seeing clearly and start feeling like his eyes have been opened to what his destiny to what his destiny might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So it opens up with uh, a B-Wing starfighter crashing onto a, a an unknown planet, which I have to say, a B-Wing 
B-Wings are my favorite mm. Starfighter. Like, X-Wings are number two, B-Wings are number one. B-Wings are so fucking cool. They have this gyroscopic cockpit that flies around, and it just, it's so good. <laughs> um, but he crash lands, and, and the locals basically start attacking this pilot. And he cuts down a couple of them with his lightsaber before he starts having this force vision of him murdering somebody, it looks like. Mm-hmm. And it knocks him off his guard. It kind of, like, incapacitates him, this vision um, and the the locals start beating him up and start hitting him with these sticks. They're coming in on ostrich horses. They're riding ostriches and they're, they're fighting him. They're Tusken Raider stand-ins, clearly. And then uh, Anakin. I mean, Tsubaki, sorry. <laughs> totally different characters. Um. <laughs> what? What are you talking? What? They're not the... What? I would never think that this guy is anyway at all similar what? to Anakin Absol- Skywalker. Absolutely. Wait, what? Why would you think there's no foundation for that in <laughs> what how what why 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 um <laughs> all right so we're just gonna completely ignore what molly said because it's totally not true unfounded. just completely unfounded ignore that everybody right so subaki <laughs> so subaki crash lands on this planet cuts down a couple locals uh starts getting a force vision and then starts getting beat up by said locals mm-hmm. uh once he's getting beat up though he uh a, a hail, hailing barrage of arrows comes in and disrupts the local attack. He looks up and sees three figures in the distance before fading out again. When he awakes, he finds himself in a cave with these three figures, two of which are some local guides who are these whimsical characters who seem to just be escorting the third figure, who Subaki knows as Misa, who is a local princess. Mm-hmm. In a kingdom that is uh, that has since been taken over by a Sith Lord in disguise. She has uh, not been able to get back into her castle for a while, and Subaki says that he is here to help her get back into the palace and restore order to her planet and to her local uh, kingdom. Mm-hmm. Because the Sith killed her father. The, the Sith king. killed her father, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And Subaki yeah, yeah. heard about that, so he came to He's help like, yo, I'm going to come out. It kind of seems like he came here against his master's wish, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a little Anakin Obi-Wan sort of... Disapproving, and that only adds to the... More answer. so that like it's sort of Obi-Wan and Satine's relationship, where like Obi-Wan connected with Satine while they were on a mission, and then he uh, kind of comes yeah. back to help once he hears that she's in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, so similar, similar, similar. Uh, so yeah, so basically they start making their way back to the palace. It's a long journey. The two guides are these whimsical characters who kind of explain the curses of the land and the superstitions that come with singing songs to ward off evil spirits throughout their journey. Um, there's a period of time where they get right outside the castle and they have to take a shortcut around to get back into it. And there's like a cursed land. One of them almost dies. It's a whole thing. Um and just a lot of dark side energy going on here, mm-hmm. right? A lot of, um, a lot of talk of destiny, saying that oh, this man was meant to die on this route. One of the tour guides almost succumbed to the curse of this of this route that they were taking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Subaki says that destiny does not determine. You know, he's not predestined to anything. He makes his own destiny. He makes his own path. He forges his own way. And he. Saves this guy from his curse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 
he keeps having this vision of himself striking down this innocent person and just sort of like this haunting vision of someone dying. It just kind of keeps plowing into his subconscious through this whole thing. He keeps seeing the image over and over again. So the next day, they finally get to the palace. Uh, Tsubaki and Misa do get into the palace walls and kind of get up to a place where they overlook the entire kingdom a that the palace overlooks. View. Very pretty view. And in that moment, we get a flashback that Misa basically says she wants to just do whatever she can to improve life for other people. She just wants to find a way to, you know, better the world that she lives in. Mm -hmm. And we cut back to the present. Well, no, another important thing we find out is that Tsubaki is secretly hot. Because he looks like a rugged, run-down old man. Wait, 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 And I was like, he's hot. What do you mean we learn that then? Because he's wearing a hat and you can never see his face and he isn't Rugged shaven. men are always way more hot than clean shaven. Fight me. Here's, here's, <laughs> here's what I'm saying is that he looks like 40 years older in his current state. But when he had, he was like he's clean shaven. He's voiced by Henry Golding. Are you insane? I know, but I watched the Japanese version first. you episode three Obi-Wan is less attractive than episode Absolutely one Obi-Wan? not. This yeah, is a no, exactly. This is a different... Okay, there's a difference between Obi-Wan Kenobi, who's my standard, <laughs> and this guy who's just like, let himself go. He hasn't had a haircut and he hasn't shaved in months. This isn't well-kept like Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan would never... Hmm, I don't know. They're two completely different things. All I'm saying is that it makes him look a lot older than he is. And he does, it's yes. not doing him any favors, he especially because he has his big hat that's covering his face the whole time. It's true. So in this flashback, like uh, Misa and Subaki are talking to each other, and mm-hmm. she says that she wants to just improve people's life in her kingdom. That's kind of her goal. She wants to make improvements any small way that she can. Mm-hmm. She'll be a good leader, or she yeah. would be. <laughs> And Tsubaki then says that he, when we come back to the present, that he has found a way to be that improvement and to improve people's lives in his own way, Mm -hmm. which I guess is him retaking over the city for her, I guess. I think that's kind of what's implied. Yeah. But while they're sitting out there overlooking the kingdom, Masago, who is a Sith Lord, uh, confronts Misa and Tsubaki and basically says, oh, I captured the city. What the fuck are you going to do about it? Tsubaki's like, I'll tell you what I'm going to do about it. I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do. Um, and then Moscow's like, but I have your friends. I have your friends. So you better put your lightsaber away. And you're like, okay. Shit, you got me there. Yeah. Yeah, Tsubaki and Masago fight a little bit. They have a little tuffle. Then they stop because Masago has... Subaki's friends, the two guides from earlier, mm-hmm. uh, with knives held to their throat, and says, "You basically lack any kind of skill, any kind of t- uh, ambition that a dark side user could have." Um, but, but if you use the dark side, the dark side of the force. <laughs> um, so Subaki basically has his vision again, where he is striking down an innocent person once more. And then he has another vision where he's actually talking to his master. And his master says, look, I can't stop you from going to this place, going back to the kingdom, going back to help Misa. But all I know is that you're going to be conflicted. You're going to be tempted by the dark side. I know that's true. And I know that rejecting it is going to be a hard thing for you to do. You're not going to be able to reject your destiny. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna, or it's going to be like a, a challenge for you to do so. And so in that moment, Tsubaki says, nothing is predestined. He jumps up and he starts slashing at Masago and all of her goons, cutting down goons oh, along sorry. the way. But we do not see that Masago 
is force controlling Misa and controlling her like a puppet and is moving her towards Tsubaki. So, in his blind rage and anger and hatred for Masago, he cuts down Misa himself and ultimately fulfills his vision. Fulfills his vision. And we realize that the figure that he had been killing and striking down his visions all along was, in fact, Misa, the one person he came back to this planet to protect. And so in that moment, he finally regains consciousness and sort of becomes more self-aware after tapping into the dark side and realizes that he killed the one woman that he he loves, question mark? I'm going to say loves. He's strong He's very strong about... feelings for this woman. Um, and Masago basically says, look, I know you accidentally killed this girl. Like, that's on you, dude. I had nothing Definitely to do not with this. Me. I did I not manipulate the situation. About. She actually uh, walked over here on her own. She like, was that's to crazy kill you. that you that's just wild, did that, dude. dude. Like, wild. Whoa. What's wrong with you? Who gave her that mask? But but hold up, hold up, though. But I can fix this. <laughs> basically says that with the power of the dark side, we can bring her back. Using some kind of dark force healing. Basically, probably the power that Anakin was chasing in episode three to bring back Padme. Mm-hmm. Uh, they pump life back into Misa. And, and in doing up. so, and she wakes up and she says, oh, Subaki, what did you do? And he's like, and he's like I, I saved you. Did I what fixed I had to do. it. Yeah. Yep. And then Masako is like, let's go. And he's like, okay, master. My master. And so he gets into Masako's ship and they go to, quote unquote, bring balance to the galaxy. Bring order to the galaxy. Yeah. Um. And that's the end of the episode. And this sick music plays as he puts his hood up and walks into a Star Destroyer. (laughs) Oh, man. I also would like to add from his flashback to his talking to his master onward when he says, no, I'm not going to live up to my destiny for the rest of the episode. The coloring is bright red. There's like a red filter or a red fog, <gasps> if you will, if you over will. the entire of entirety of the rest of the episode while he's like cutting down the soldiers, while he's cutting down Misa the entire time when he's talking with Masago and even when he's deciding to join the dark side for the sake of Misa and he's walking off. So, I know that I've been saying like, oh, the music in this episode is really good. This might have been the best music, you know, you, you so far. This was the best music. For me, mm-hmm. um, it felt very Mandalorian. I don't know if you've heard any of the Mandalorian themes. I've only heard like, the do 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 do. Yes, that's like a part of it, and that's like sort of like where the rest of the Mandalorian soundtrack branches off from is like mm-hmm. from the instrumentation and that. But like, it gets weird, you know. It gets weird and gets trippy, mm-hmm. and this one is no exception. Mm-hmm. This one is very similar to that, where like at the end, it just sort of like everything culminates into this one like melody and this one like little beat with the drums, and it's just. Ooh, it's so satisfying when he finally embraces what he wants his own destiny to be. Because, like, you know he's actually been chasing this the whole time. Yeah. You know? He branched off from the Jedi Order. He's out here fulfilling his own purpose. And he really feels like whatever he's doing right now is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And maybe it is the right thing to do. Who's to say it's not? And I love it. Mm -hmm. And I love it. And the music totally embraces that. And, like, once you get that realization, he's like, yeah, I know what I fucking did. And I know what's right. And he's, oh, it's good. It's good. Um, Henry Golding also voices the main character. I think we probably mentioned that in thousand. But like, I think that's the best voice act, English voice acting in this entire series. It was pretty good. Village Bride, 
And, I mean, and Village Red is pretty good. They had George Takei, so uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Did, did, did so... Village Red have George Takei? Fuck no, it didn't. And <laughs> J- I don't know who Jamie Chung is, um, but she was Ma- uh, Misa. Yeah. Oh no, this. she's super good. She was I know so her good in this. From, I don't know like, what, what she's from. But I know she her was face, so good in this, and I have no idea what she's been in, but yeah. I know her face. Yeah, and her voice. She was so good in this. Uh, like all around this, uh, this was like my favorite episode. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, it was pretty good. Like, like to the end now, now that we're here at the end, mm-hmm. we've seen all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I had updates last episode because we had just seen three new episodes mm-hmm. that I hadn't seen previously. So, so yeah, this, this is ultimately, finally, if I had to go back and watch any of them, this is the one I would go back and rewatch. Mm. This one's so good. I think mine is still the ninth Jedi. I think I like mm. that one the best. I feel like the the whole lightsaber retconning thing for me would just be a little too much for me to go back to visit this. See, I don't care that much about lightsabers. I think it's neat. I get <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, okay. So uh, j- just here are some things I like about this. I told you already, like, I love that the main character has a B-wing. B-wings are my favorite starship mm-hmm. in Star Wars. <laughs> so good. I also think that um, this episode doesn't, uh, Wikipedia doesn't say when this takes place. Yeah, it's just whenever. I think this is High Republic times because both of their lightsabers are very katana looking, you know, which when we talk about like the dark saber, which is sort of looks like a katana in Clone Wars, you know, it's it's sort of High Republic times. It's a couple hundred years before Phantom Menace. Speaking of lightsabers, you having your lightsabers in the rain moment in The Elder, I had a lightsaber moment in this episode because when... Masago and Tsubaki are fighting. They're when their lightsabers clash, they kind of like wrap around each other a little bit. Oh really? I didn't notice that. Like it was like it was like they were like denting each other where they were intersecting. And I thought that was so Oh, that is cool. cool I didn't notice looking, that. And I really like the idea of that. Like I had a moment where I was just like, Oh my god, I really like that moment. It was like a blink and you miss it kind of thing, but it was like it like bent which everyone was in the foreground, like was bent around the one that it was clashing against. And I That's was like, so That's cool, so dude. Neat. Oh my A gosh. Plus animation. I like that. I didn't even notice that. That's really, really I, good. oh my God, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that. That's really cool. I, I did like going back to the lightsabers in general, just mm-hmm. the fighting in this was very basic. You know, oh, it yeah. wasn't like crazy stunts or like fight choreography, animation, anything. It was just like, is anything? Just like him making very quick moment, yeah. like movements and like slashing people down. But it was so effective. It was like really awkward to watch. Not him fighting Masago, but when he was fighting the soldiers, it was like really I weird. It's like they it were was lining awkward, up though. to die. Like they were the only fighting him. The first time I him. watched it, it was awkward. But the second time through, I was like, but it just, it's just efficient. It's just, he's just slashing them. Like he's better than them. I think it was just maybe, maybe I was watching it in like slow motion or something. Like it was slowed down a bit, but it seemed really slow paced. Because they were like lumbering towards him and they weren't attacking him multiple at a time. He would just like kill one and then the next one would come forward and he'd kill that one while the other one is still lumbering. It was like they were waiting in line to die. There's also the, the, the whole thing of like the first time I watched it, I was like, why was Misa there? What the hell happened? Like I didn't notice Masago using the force to like push her along oh that one yeah yeah. i didn't notice that until the second time but yeah you had to watch that because i too was like wait why was she there <laughs> like, but then yeah once you like go back you're like oh he, yeah, she's using she's the fort and you can see her like kind of haphazardly wandering yeah, feet, up to no just like be i think slashed. she's being like floated along like her feet aren't even touching the ground i think it's like mind control it's like yeah. it's like 
Jedi mind trick, uh-huh. being like, blah, 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 go over here. And then I, I thought she was literally just like dragging her, like floating it her along. Could have a mix of the two. Why um, not both? But apart from that, like the soldiers that he was fighting, I was like, it was like super. It was like I think it was like because it was slow that like threw me off. I'm like, yeah. why aren't you? Like, I get it. Why aren't you crowding around him to overwhelm him or something? You're just like waiting in line. And I'm, it might be because Masago told them to do that because she didn't actually want to kill him. She wanted him yeah. to be her apprentice. Yeah. But who's to say? But yeah, I mean, honestly, I really don't have a lot to say about this episode. If I'm being honest, like, I don't either. I mean, I th- like really I agree this, with you. It's very good episode. It's very quick. It's and just to the very point and like it's yeah. very Anakin. <laughs> it's very Anakin. Yeah, it's just this guy being like, "Look, I, I I know what my destiny is," and he even tells her when they're overlooking the the kingdom in the way he's like, "I know how to make a difference now." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like this one. Top top one for me. Yeah. So. Molly, we th- this is the end of our Star Wars Visions oh run. Isn't that fun? That's Isn't that crazy? So bittersweet. That is crazy. Made it. No more talking about Star Wars so, anime. Oh, uh, there'll be more. There'll be more. <laughs> I'm sure. And trust me, when we get to the 2D Clone Wars thing, it's basically anime. Oh, there you it's go. crazy. Um, but I have something for you. This is just kind of like fun headcanon for yourself, Ooh. I think. And just sort of what you would want to maybe see happen. Mm-hmm. I would like for you... Of the Star Wars Visions episodes that we watched, I haven't asked you to prep anything for this. This is kind of spur of the moment. Okay. Three characters from Star Wars Visions to bring over into three different anime. If you had to bring three Star Wars characters, like, like, and, and they can't, like, you can't have three go into the same one, you know? Mm-hmm. One has to go into their own anime. Mm-hmm. What three characters from Visions would it be, and what anime would they go into? Ooh, oh my gosh. Okay. I just had a feeling. Okay, so my first one, I think, I I can imagine. So, okay, here's my thought process. I think Ronan would be my first one. Ooh. And I'm going to say Demon. Would he stay black and white? Yeah, he would just be <laughs> black and white. Uh, and I'm going to say Demon Slayer. Ooh. Because I think, I mean, it would be playing around with this character instead of him he wouldn't have a lightsaber because they don't have lightsabers in Demon Slayer. I think they could take whatever equipment they had on them, though. But here's my thinking. Okay. So he He wouldn't need one. He'd be good with that one. Demon Slayer. He, similar to how he is in the duel, he's like a former baddie fighting the baddies. So Mm -hmm. I would make him a demon who is fighting demons and is seeking out like high-ranking demons to fight them and kill them because he recognizes how bad they are because do there demons are... look like humans in demon slayer you can tell they're demons the, like the more the more higher up they are they have like multiple eyes and like creepy <laughs> tattoos and like markings on their skin they're i think i think you can i can you can just you can always tell that they're a, de- they're a demon um but he would he would look pretty much the same he'd probably just have like markings on his skin and stuff but he could have been like he used to be a part of muzan's crew and he somehow made it out without muzan killing him i don't know the details (laughs) (laughs) that's for you to figure out all right that's That's for for the audience to figure out out. you figure it out for yourself and he is like doing his best to like wreak havoc and like stop the demon's plans from helping Muzan kill a bunch of people. I think that'd be really neat because he's obviously a skilled swordsman and he could just get his hands on one of the specialized swords that the Demon Slayers use to like kill his former allies. That'd be pretty fucking neat. 
Dude, that's that's a really fun crossover. I would love that. Where it's like if the Sith were somehow related to the demons of the Demon Slayer universe, or like somehow like their power were one and the same. Like that'd be so cool. You know? It's kind of like the Greek and the Roman gods, right? Where it's like just depending on where you are and like what time you're in, like they're the same thing, but just different names and different yeah. sources of power. One of them merges basically vampires, but, or, but, not but different they all got different yeah. powers. Yeah. That. Like who's to say that Darth Sidious isn't a vampire? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Come on. He's creepy. He's probably had some blood in his life. Like, come on. <laughs> um, okay. Can Dracula shoot lightning? Like it's never said that he can't. <laughs> Tell me what. Tell me it's wrong. It's not. Tell, point to a, an instance in Dracula lore where he says, "I cannot shoot lightning <laughs> out of my fingertips." You won't find it. There you go. <laughs> Number two is going to be a lot more stupid. My second one is Ethan. Okay. And I'm going to put him in Haikyuu. Oh no! I was going to think you'd put Lop in Haikyuu because she's a rabbit and she can jump really high for volleyball spikes. <laughs> no, I'm choosing Ethan for Haikyuu. Because he just has he just has that vibe that he'd get along well with the Karasuna team. <laughs> he'd get he'd go in there. He'd try his best. He'd probably be one of the first years. He'd be so earnest. He'd be so earnest. He'd be one of the first years who's like not that good at volleyball yet, but he really wants to try. Him and Yamaguchi would be best friends. <laughs> I'm sorry, Suki, but Ethan and Yamaguchi are gonna be best friends. <laughs> Because they have the same drive. They don't start off overwhelmingly skilled, but they have the drive and they have that like starting of like a seed to grow into a great volleyball player. And he's just going to do his best. <laughs> so I'm going to put Ethan in IQ. I don't know who any of the other characters are, but the fact that Ethan if gets along with them is enough for Ethan me. Is like, <laughs> Ethan gives off such Yamaguchi energy. It's not even <laughs> fucking funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so that's the second one. I'm gonna put F. Ooh. In Jujutsu Kaisen. Okay, I don't know much about it's Jujutsu Kaisen. Mm, so in Jujutsu Kaisen, and I'm definitely not reading this directly from the Wikipedia. No, this is coming purely from Molly's brain. Dare you ever think that I would be reading this from the Wikipedia? I would never. In Jujutsu Kaisen, all living beings emanate an energy called cursed energy, which arises from negative emotions that naturally flow throughout the body. Normal people cannot control this flow in their bodies. As a result, they continually lose cursed energy, resulting in the birth of curses, a race of spiritual beings whose primary desire is to bring harm to humanity. These curses are shown as gruesome monsters. They're all really ugly. Jujutsu sorcerers... um, Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah. <laughs> um, are people who control the flow of cursed energy in their bodies, allowing them to use it as they please and also reduce its release. High-ranking sorcerers and curses can refine this energy and use it to perform cursed techniques, which tend to be unique to their, the user or their family. An advanced form of cursed technique is domain expansion, through which a user can use their cursed energy to build a pocket dimension that covers the surrounding area within which all attacks will be stronger and guaranteed hits, baby. That's guaranteed nat 20s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that like when you talk about like like all these sorcerers and stuff like that, like that's what Jedi are. Yeah. They're sorcerers. Mm-hmm. And like they even say so in Mandalorian. They're like the Jedi are an ancient race of sorcerers. Yeah. So, so I F think would fit in perfectly. I think she 
and I'm just playing off of her little speed booties, but she could have like a cool, <laughs> like her curse technique could be tied to the force to her speed. Her curse technique would could like manifest in a sword similar to her lightsaber. And since it feels like her like generally jujitsu sorcerers are looking to rid the world of of curses because they want to make the world a better place. I'm not saying that's always the case. Looking at you, Gojo. Anyway. Um <laughs> <laughs> He's an asshole. He, everyone loves Who's him. Who's Gojo? He's I'll show you a picture. Oh Wait. that guy! The YouTube and Gojo bro. <laughs> I have to say, I don't With know anything about bulb. anime, but that's one of my favorite TikTok trends. <laughs> I'll make you watch Jujutsu Kaisen, and then you'll know. Okay. You'll know everything about Gojo. But anyway, uh, generally, they are looking to, like, make the world a better place. And I feel like that's clear at the end of The Village Bride that F is like, oh, she's like, ah, it's my duty as a Jedi to, like, go out there and, like, rid the world of this kind of darkness that's left over from the Clone Wars, yada, yada, yada. I feel like her and Megumi would get along because they're both very stoic. So they'd just kind of like bond by sitting in silence together. <laughs> like they wouldn't bother you know, the each other. The best friendships are the friendships where you don't really have to say anything, you know? Mm-hmm. That's good. That's it. That's a sign or of a good bond. Or if she's really that much like Megumi, then she'd also be really best friends with Yuji, who's like a little ball of energy. It's just like all over the place. I can see that, you know? He's also the vessel for Sakuna. It's kind of like how Valko is, where he's just sort of like, you know, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out. I'm just hanging out. Um... Yeah. Oh, those yeah. are my three. Those are good picks. That, that was really good Thank for you. being put on the spot like that. I'm Great. really creative and smart. It's like crazy how spur of the moment it can be. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> but guys, that's the conclusion of our three part episode, uh, three part series yes. of Star Wars Visions. Oh my gosh. This was the moment we had been waiting for. So thank you all for watching and for listening along the way. It's been such a ride. It's it's coming to an end. Um, We're going to take next week off of recording a new podcast, but we are going to have uh, an old episode that we recorded. Uh, We're going to edit that and release it instead. Molly's going to be watching an Ahsoka arc from Clone Wars, and I'm going Mm -hmm. to be watching... Pokemon Forever. Yep. (laughs) Which is a lot better than it sounds. It actually is. It was pretty good. We'll get, we'll, you know what? You got to listen to it to find out. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and also go watch it this week so that you're ready for the anime. Or yeah. for the anime. For the recording of for, me talking about the anime. So you're ready for the podcast episode that will be coming out. About the anime. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Um, but anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. And as always, anime, the force be with you. <laughs> okay. And your mother... And with your spirit. And with your spirit. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.